0: I remember once we were d- uh, down, you know, nearer where people were, and there was a merry-go-round, and he was looking at that, and he, and that had been in one of his paintings that I'd seen, and I said, "Oh, it's the merry-go-round that you've you painted," and he said, "Yes, I always start with a subject." Now we thought of him as an abstract painter, but he he always started with a subject, and uh, and then he became abstract. The painting took over, I think.
1: Welcome to episode 86 of Talking with Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives in art. I'm Maria Stolger, and my guest today is Anne Thompson. This is the second part of a double episode on 20th century artist Ian Fairweather. In the last episode, I interviewed Claire Roberts, who's the co editor of the book Ian Fairweather A Life in Letters, and we talked about the events of Fairweather's life from his early childhood. In this episode, I talk with Anne Thompson, who is one of Australia's leading contemporary artists and who I previously interviewed on this podcast in episode 54. Anne met Fairweather on several occasions with her then-husband photographer, Robert Walker. They visited him on Queensland's Bribey Island, where he lived for the last 20 years of his life in self-made huts before he died in 1974. He's considered one of Australia's most important artists, and although he was often described as an outsider or a recluse, he was actually quite sociable through his letters and welcomed friends who came to visit. In the previous episode, if you've heard it, you will have heard about him famously sailing off into the open sea from Darwin on a raft he built himself, heading for Portuguese Timor over 600 kilometres away. It would be 16 days before he would reach land after his raft sailed off course and he had almost lost his life. The RAAF were called in and an obituary even appeared in the newspaper. It became an international story. What he tells Anne Thompson when she asked him about this ordeal is priceless. Anne's memories are interesting, insightful and humorous and gave me a better idea of the man who was Ian Fairweather. We start this conversation with Anne telling me how she came about to meet him.
0: So when Robert Walker and I, a photographer, um, were first married, and he was uh, um, passionate about uh, documenting people, really, you know, first um, a lot of he, he, artists, he wanted to um, he wanted to photograph and and uh, interview artists, a bit like you, really, mm-hmm. you know, he just that's what he loved to do. I, I remember once though we were when we were living in Paddington. He interviewed the blacksmith up the road. So it was history that, you know, might disappear and he wanted to keep that. Mm. And uh, so my family came from Brisbane and I had left Brisbane to go to art school. And so every time uh, we had a chance to go up and see my, see my family and then go over to Braby Island.
1: Was it because of Ian Fairweather that you went to Bribey Island or was it absolutely, just.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's ah. why, because Robert wanted to photograph Ian Fairweather. So the first thing, first I remember is that we arrived at Bribe and then we had to find where Fairweather lived and uh, and someone had said there was a bent bent log, you know, that made an archway oh, yeah. and he could be found if you went through there. So we found this and went through and Robert called out, Mr Fairweather, <laughs> and uh, nothing. <laughs> and then out he came, sort of. You know, blinking into the sunlight from his hut, and wow. uh, I and I can clearly remember the first uh, time I saw those blue eyes, just so, so looking at looking at things around him all the time. You know, he was so much part of that, part of that place where he lived, and the and the other creatures who were there, and and mm. the um, the the undergrowth and the atmosphere and... Mm. Well, it, Claire
1: Roberts was describing his, him as an early environmentalist, that he must have been really connected to the He was nature. really connected
0: to, to animals. You know, they were, well, they were the, you know, the, the uh, other creatures that he could put up with, really, on a long-term <laughs> basis. <laughs> yeah, right. So when you were there,
1: you'd see him, what, interact with, like, sort of other animals and that sort well, of...
0: Well, at, at one stage... Um, so this won't be sequential because they're just sort of you know memory m- memories and mm. things remembered. But uh, Robert said, "You sit over there on the beach and talk to Fairweather, and I'll hide mm. over here so I can photograph him." <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was a, a shy young you know just uh, in early twenties, and I you know I wasn't the person I am now. I was really <laughs> I found I found all that difficult. And uh, well, he would have been like four, over 40 years older than you. Yes, he was, yes, 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 so he was an old person then, but he became much older, of course, than mm. the than, you know, first time we met him. And so if we we would sit there talking and he would say something and then I'd say something. He might not answer for a further 20 minutes. He'd just really? sit there and I had to, you know, uh, my stomach would tense and <laughs> I, <laughs> what can I say now? <laughs> And then, so we were just sitting there and, you know, I just learned to to do as he did, just sit and uh, and look. And, uh, and he said, see that fish? I think he's sick because he looked at, at further at the ocean. Actually, I've got a photo of him sitting there. Um, and uh, so he walked down and picked it up. So, you know, and another time he'd be looking at a bird or, you know, he was absolutely... Aware of all the creatures around him. Mm. And he said, said to me, um, I was here when the last red kangaroo was here. So he must have been distressed at, that, as the, at the departing of the last red kangaroo. Yeah. So, Bribe Island was a very wild, you know, and uh, unpopulated place in those days, although it had a, a shop and, a, and uh, a local store and a, uh, not what you'd call a village, but there was a pharma, pharmacy. Oh, yeah. And Al Fleming, if I remember, was somebody Fairweather saw quite a lot because he would get him to take him places. But I'm just thinking, how would he contact him? Would he walk to him and say, come and get me? I don't know. Mm, they might have um, had an arrangement or something. Oh, they had an arrangement, yes, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So he that was his transport if he wanted to go further.
1: What if he wanted to leave the island, for example, you oh. mean?
0: Well, possibly, yes, if he wanted to go and, you know, go to to Brisbane or London or something, suddenly <laughs> Al would drive, to, <laughs> drive him. <laughs> so and, when
1: you first went, was that before the bridge was built connecting Bribie Island to the mainland?
0: Oh, yes, it was before then. Oh, mm. yeah, right. Mm.
1: So can you describe to me, because I was talking to Claire Roberts about the huts that he lived in. Yes. Can you describe them for me? Like, what were your first impressions when you saw them and what were they like?
0: Well, he came out of the hut, which was his dwelling place, his living hut, the first, you know, when we saw him the first time. And so in front of that, there was a space where there was, a, you know, his fireplace and, and things that he'd discarded. He yeah. didn't do a lot of tidying up. <laughs> and uh, so, but there'd, there'd be tins of... Uh, Peking duck. He, he got food from Fortnum and Mason as well as, you know, down the road from. Um,
1: so it was sent to him.
0: It must from have been sent to him. Or something. Yes. Yeah. And, and English newspapers and magazines. He was absolutely up with what was going on in London at that st- uh, stage mm. and, uh, you know, could talk about things. And he did like to talk about his old art school, the Slade, and Tonkins, I think, was his teacher.
1: I think that's right. I I think think Claire said that. And what did he say about it?
0: Oh, he had great respect and love of his art teachers in school, I think. I think he believed that he had a good art training, Mm. although he went far, he left it far behind because he, you know, he was painting in a way that not many of his contemporaries would have even imagined.
1: So did he invite you into his living area? I mean, would, would you go in
0: there? Or? Not straight away. <laughs> um, but I do remember once uh, going in there and he, was, he had a, a, a sort of desk that he'd made and he was translating the drunken Buddha mm. from Chinese. And, uh, and so you could see that all laid out and, uh, and he, his work and boy, oh boy, when I went in there, my eyes were sharp and looking. And, yeah, uh, I can and, imagine. Uh, and there was a, a ladder going up to his, where he slept, up high. And, uh, but it wasn't very big. But across the room was a string of Christmas cards. And, uh, and I said, oh, I did that one <laughs> because <laughs> a friend of mine had given it to him and I, it, it was a silkscreen print. It was a print of your work on the Christmas card? Yeah, I'd printed it. it was handprint card that I must have sold or something. You must have got a shock when you saw it. Oh yeah, well I was yeah, <laughs> nicely surprised. So I mentioned it and and I said, but it's only a design. I said shyly, and he said, all artists design. And uh, and he, he, he you know we used to talk a bit about art. If only I could remember everything he said. But wasn't I lucky though, just to be there and to oh. to know him and to be with him and observe him and. Uh, and you know listen to the stories around him and mm. and uh,
1: he was happy to have you and robert
0: there like he oh he seemed to be yes yeah. yes i mean there were certain people that he would you know uh, get rid of quite quickly i believe or take them for such a hard walk that they you know <laughs> finish them off <laughs> 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 i know when he didn't want to be rude right. <laughs> 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 and uh, so you know, Fairweather would uh, be able to spot the people he didn't care for, mm. and one of them was his brother. really?. Mm. And so his brother arrived. He'd been sent on a mission to find this younger, you know, the younger brother who'd left the family for and, and never been you know with, and they didn't know what he was up to or doing and uh, and so and he brought him his brother brought him some clothes. And Fairweather looked at them disdainfully. Said, "Well, you can give those to the Salvation Army. I have everything I need here." And uh, and he actually had a very English accent. As, uh, my, uh, my friend Pam Bell said uh, he spoke like an Oxford don. <laughs> you know, so he had, had that really English background. Right.
1: Yeah. Sort of a Scottish, the upper class. The upper class. I mean, yes. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yes. Those strange, you know, childhood that I can tell you about. But anyway, so they talked and. Uh, and then the brother, who was staying somewhere else, and, and uh, said, oh, well, I'll come back tomorrow. And, uh, and, and uh, Ferber said, no, I'm too busy. was <laughs> <laughs> that? <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, apparently he was close with um, a couple of his sisters, I think, according to the letters. But the sisters? Uh, or Queenie in particular. Yes, mm. yes, he wasn't. Uh, he just didn't, uh, apparently he didn't like this brother because he talked about money. He talked about filthy lucre. lucre. And, and the poor m- brother was saying, "Oh yes, I've done well, and I did this, and I did that, you know." But he wasn't
1: impressed. So he wasn't. He didn't come across as a materialistic sort of person.
0: He did not. Um, once we and we would go there, arrive, and say, and Robert would say, "Would you like to go for a drive, Mister Fairweather?" And uh, so he, uh, we had this old green Renault, and, uh, and so he'd say, "Yes, thank you." And uh, so. One day I, I said, I've made a picnic. And he said, no, thank you. He wouldn't accept anything like that. So we took him to the shop. He said, I'll, I'll go and buy a pie. And we went to the shop. Hello, Ian. How are you? <laughs> and uh, he said, I'll have a pie, thank you. And, out came, and she passed in the pie. He put his hand in his pocket and, held, without looking at it, held out the greatest wad of notes I'd ever seen. <laughs> She peeled something off and he put it back again without looking at it.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, so he he was obviously earning a reasonable income from his work. That he from Macquarie would, Gallery
0: he had yeah. sent him money, and uh, there were times on Bribey when he was really didn't have money, and I suppose that was in the early days because people were queuing for his work. By the time we got there, he was famous. Yeah. He, not that he ever went to the Macquarie Gallery himself. But uh, he said to me, um, and we were sitting somewhere talking, he said, What's the lighting like in the Macquarie galleries? So he was really worried about that. Mm. He hated bright lights. And when he, he used to bring out things for Robert to photograph, and uh, yeah, I think we got on quite well with him. You know, he probably uh, quite enjoyed our visits. Yeah, it sounds like. I'm sure it. he didn't think about us after we'd gone. But, uh, but I think he, he, quite, he was a hermit who liked people sometimes. And uh, of course, he was lonely and isolated, you know. So he was, but uh, he wouldn't have anything that he didn't approve of or like. Yeah. And uh, so Robert, uh, we used to always bring him uh, science fiction books, because right. that's what he read. Yeah. And and I was thinking this morning, I think he had that creative thing where he found it hard to start working, because he often didn't start till n- night. But then he he used. Do uh, light the hur- hurricane lamp and, of course, he got to light that.
1: Yeah. So when you say hurricane light, that sort of lamp, uh, a sort of a lamp, is it like a kerosene lamp or
0: something? Is Do that... you know what a hurricane light no, is? I don't know. <laughs> <So laughs> so Probably most of my listeners would know. know, but I don't actually know it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it has a glass uh, thing. It, ha- it hangs up. You can hang it up. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's a glass thing that you have to lift to light a match and light the wick. And then put the glass frame around it, so the light would be, you know, fairly uncertain. I wouldn't like to paint, by it, but yeah. I think.
1: And so I or would I. I should try. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, it'd be interesting to paint in those conditions because colour would be different. And yes, but
0: you... but you know, I don't think you have to have you know proper light in order to paint. You just have to be able to see. You know, you don't have to have. There's no pro, certain light. You know, like you have to have south light when you're in England, and I suppose north light here. But I don't find that. Actually, I just turn the lights on.
1: Yeah, you don't need di- daylight. You don't need natural light.
0: I don't care what I can. It just I don't seem to worry about it. I just as long as I can see the paint and the thing yeah. I'm painting on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, in a funny way, if you are painting in artificial light, that's mm. what it's going to look like in the gallery. More likely than if yes, you were Yes, but, uh, yeah,
0: I, I mean, I don't like things. Things can be too overlit, too and uh, Fairweather would have certainly been horrified at some of the galleries today, lighting his work, although his work looks good in any gallery I've ever seen yeah, it in. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. And that, you know, those wonderful paintings in the Queensland Gallery and uh, Laurie Thomas was so good at buying his work. The New South Wales Gallery was uh, well behind... And uh, and so they've got good good collection of fabulous important works, you know, monastery and those Yeah
1: and did you big paintings. Yeah. And so the studio was a separate hut.
0: So then there was another hut that uh, you'd walk into and and uh, you know, that was just like a cathedral, paintings everywhere on the wall and they were just like um why I said that? Why did I say that? But perhaps they were like stained glass windows or something. They were just because there was so, so much, well, light in them in a way. You know, his work. And it's, mm. uh, it, and he would have been painting on those and over them and changing them. And because you could see all the dribbles that had passed, you know, th- through. And he would, he was just, painting you know he's such a wonderful painter and at one stage I read that because he had run out of money he'd paint on anything with anything he didn't even care if it lasted or or flaked off really because it was just doing it oh you know well they can look after that but he didn't that would have been almost a pompous thought he didn't say that he he just didn't he just did them yeah but then he must have cared about them because he wanted the light to be right on them complex Mm. so a lot of it was on cardboard wasn't it yes yes and that's good painting you know painting with house paint on cardboard is a nice touch you know it lends something to the work and uh, you know I quite like doing that yeah I, I don't think he had much to do with canvas the Macquarie Gallery sent him some down because he was, because you know, he was sending up these things on crappy stuff, and <laughs> and uh, it, it, he just put it on top of his hut to keep the rain out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and they sent him uh, two pairs of pajamas, so he sent one pair back. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, well, we were looking at a couple of photos that you've got here, which are unbelievable, and um, that that hut that he was painting in, it shows that there were a
0: lot of works going at the one time. Yes, yes.
1: And so that's the way he worked?
0: Or? So he seemed to have a big, a low table with paint pots and brushes and then paintings on the walls. Can I look at that yeah, photo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Oh, is it here? I think you've got
1: Maybe one. this
0: one. These are, these are uh, seconds that were, have been printed that uh, my, they're my daughter's. Mm.
1: Well, the one I'm looking at, so I'll just pass it to you.
0: Yes, yes. You see, you can see there's a a painting flat. So he's painting flat down, but it's not high. And then there are paintings all around the the walls. There's, you know, I mean, I can see in this photograph, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and there would have been others, you know.
1: And they're quite large as well. And then aren't he they? would have
0: just taken them down, as I do. You know, you just keep painting on that one, and then that one, and then that one. And I, th- and and he would have just seen what they need out of the corner of his eye, I'd think, and then get back to it. But they're different. It's definitely a body of work.
1: And do you and did there you are f- faces
0: and you know people in there that he used a lot?
1: Yeah. So there was a sort of figurative element
0: to his work. Always, always something. And and uh, I remember once we were d- uh, down, you know. Near where people were, and there was a merry-go-round, and he was looking at that, and he, and that had been in one of his paintings that I'd seen, and I said, "Oh, it's the merry-go-round that you've you painted," and he said, "Yes, I always start with a subject." Now we thought of him as an abstract painter, but he he always started with a subject, and uh, and then he became abstract. The painting took over, I think.
1: Mm. And did he ever paint
0: when you were there? No.
1: What was he using most of the time? Like what paint?
0: Was it oils or gouache? I think things he'd bought at the local hardware shop. <laughs> oh, house, so house paint? Uh, yes, yes, ah, yes. okay. Yes, right. he, I, he didn't use good paint, but that was really good. I mean, it looked so good. It's flat, you know, it's almost like so, sometimes I use uh, PVA with pigment, you know, so it's like a mixed, flat look that it has. Hmm. But on paper, you know, his works on paper or newspaper. I mean, they were just wonderful. Just the touch of the of the the paint marrying the the ground that it was on, or the you know the thing that it was on, the paper or the cardboard. You know, that was so important to him, I'm sure, because that's what you see when you look at his work. It's a, it's like breathing onto it. And and has that's why it's imbued with such feeling, and uh, and something more than looking at something or using a subject or it it goes well beyond that and it's really to do with his living alone and giving everything to that. So he just it wasn't oh I want to be an artist and I want to, it was just something that he was bound to do, and it was more important to him than 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 anything or practically anyone else you could think of you know mm. <laughs> the way he worked
1: so it was a it was a daily activity
0: like it oh well, once he was being interviewed, the courier mail every now and again for any, would interview him if he had a successful exhibition or something. Or some for some reason, and this interviewer said, "Because uh, I've heard this interview somehow," and he said, uh, "And what do you do all day?" said the interviewer. He said, A "Big pause. I paint, damn it." <laughs> <laughs> you know, so he, clearly he didn't paint all day, but that's what he did. You know, in his that's where his mind was. Yeah. I paint, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> And he also,
1: it sounds like he was a big reader as well. There's...
0: Yes, but he liked to, uh, to read, and I must say I read this in uh, the uh, Abbott Smith book that I was browsing through yesterday, um, he, he liked to read uh, science fiction and crime novels so that he could keep an eye on the animals at the same time, he said. What do you mean? On nature, you know, so that he could keep looking at nature. So he didn't really go right off into... He didn't. He wasn't studying anything else. He was just being there all the time. Right. It's interesting, isn't it? It's like a sort of constant meditation, really, mm. that was not to be interrupted, thank you very much. But he certainly... Uh, would talk to Robert a lot because Robert was the interviewer. You know, he was interviewing him, mm. and <laughs> we used to drive along in this old Renault, rattly, rattly, rattly. And Robert would have the tape recorder on. Well, those tapes are so um, interesting because they say brum 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 not a single thing <laughs> came through. <laughs> Just the motor of the Renault.
1: Oh gosh, that would be I believe
0: that uh, they can be. Um, it can be sought out now. Yeah,
1: well, maybe if you take it to a you know sound engineer.
0: <laughs> well, whoever has them, <laughs> no, a sound engineer might m- be able wife to number remember. one. But uh, but uh, Louise might. I mean, no, we get on well. I mentioned that to her. Yeah, because it would I be imagine it, that it, it, there God. were very interesting things that he they talked about, and Robert remembered more than I did. But he's gone now.
1: In the letters, I was reading the book, and um, there's a lot of reference, and we talked about this in my interview with Claire, is references to sort of being depressed and, um, you know, in one letter he was saying, I'm in such a depression I can hardly write. Yes. Did he ever, like, would you ever um, visit him and he wasn't, you know, he was in that mood or you felt he was in that frame of mind?
0: Well, I suppose he'd come out of his hut and he was probably sleeping, you know, and uh, he did, you know, he said, you know, sleep, in something I read, not that he told me, but but that he slept a lot in the daytime and that's why he painted at night. Mm. I think he was depressed. I mean, what a a childhood he had. Mm. Eight brothers and sisters. And when he was born, they all headed off and left him with his... Robert went to Jersey Island to meet his relatives.
1: Oh, did he? Mm.
0: And... uh, I think he might have met the old aunts. They gave him something. I never saw those things, um, the Fairweathers. And so he, I think he got on all right with them. But he said they were f- scary old aunts. Oh, right. You know, it was an old aunt and a nurse. I mean, you know, and uh, and I mean, they used to just take him to school, pick him up. You know, there was no sort of fun. Mm. I think he, he started to uh, mix with other people when he... He went to Switzerland. Why was that? I think he joined the art. His, his family were in, uh, family were intent on him joining the army, and uh, they they didn't think, as a lot of parents um, would say, "Oh no, we don't want you to be an artist. You know what good what, what would that do?" And uh, so, uh, so he joined the army and went. Had a chance to go to and stay in Switzerland, and he loved that. Because he climbed mountains, and he seemed to be start to mix with people. And but he was never really easy with other people. I think. I mean, a lot of people thought he was strange, and he wouldn't have been well treated.
1: Yeah. Do you remember? Um, actually, I'm not sure if he might have been a teenager when he
0: went on that little raft. Oh yes. Tri- uh, no, I remember when he went on that, and and I went to visit him. Uh, well, I don't know, but it, it, certainly I remember going uh, talking to him when he had already been on that trip. And I said, "Would you ever do that again, Mr. Fairweather?" <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Next time, I'd take a pair of sunglasses." <laughs> Oh, that's amazing! I mean, he—it oh. must have been so glary. And
1: well, could terrible. you imagine being yes. on that I mean, the for so sun many and weeks? The
0: elements and and I mean, he was an an amazing adventurer. Yeah. In his life, you know, I mean, the things that he did were so brave and daring, and you know, th- things that uh, that other people are afraid of, and uh, so. Yes, he said he was depressed a lot or in the well, letters? Well,
1: yeah, that would often come up. I haven't read and, the book yet. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the other thing is when you, I mean, it's hard to know when he says depressed if it just means he's downhearted or something, you know, who knows what the use of the word
0: is, I don't know. Oh, if he said depressed he would have Yeah. meant depressed and he, you know, he probably, possibly couldn't paint and, uh, you know, those times come when, when everything's flowing along and then it stops and you can't paint like that anymore and you can't paint like the next thing anymore and those are very hard bits for 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 an artist mm. and uh, so he would have had gone through those stages as well and he would have felt depressed but but I think he was he wasn't a, you know a, a cheery or entertaining soul or anything he was living in a very hard place in his head and and not accepting anything from anyone else, he did like to play chess with the uh, local pharmacist hmm.
1: in the town.
0: In the town, yes, right. they'd get together and play chess. Oh, okay. So you know, I think he he had that background of uh, of you know growing up being uh, that English background, and uh, and that never left him, of course. So chess would have been part of that. But then he went, and he decided at one stage to go back to London, and he only wanted to live in, uh, you know, in the middle of London where he'd gone to art school and everything. So that didn't work. So he finally came back to Bribie Island. It wasn't the place of his choice. It happened to be where he landed, and one in one of the places he went to. Because another place was Cairns when he lived in that great, great, huge, hollow, empty the- old picture theatre. Full of rats and, you know, that must have been awful. I didn't think he liked that for too long.
1: <laughs> I know, it's interesting, the places he lived, you know. Um, he,
0: wasn't, he wasn't
1: seeking out comfort necessarily or anything like that.
0: No, because he knew that he could make it as comfortable as he needed. I mean, when in the end they made him leave his hut because they said it was unhealthy, of course it was unhealthy, you know. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> He'd lived there all his life, you know, yeah. he'd managed.
1: Oh, so they <laughs> well made enough. him leave it? In yes, what way? people got
0: together, the council, and, you know, and I think some, uh, some people sort of thought, oh, yes, it'd be good if he'd moved out of there because it's damp and he had arthritis, you know. I'm sure they meant well, but um, he, they built him a house and he didn't want to go in there at all. It had a cement floor and... Uh, and then they brought him a bed. He didn't want a bed. You know, he he slept on stuff that he made. And mm. uh, so then one day, when I didn't go with Robert. Perhaps uh, I wasn't with Robert anymore, but I thought I I said to my cousin, drive me to, let's go to Bribie Island because I want to see Mr. Fairweather. And uh, my cousin, John Bennett, didn't know anything about art or Fairweather or anything. So he, anyway, he he came with me and uh, so I found him and then uh, and he invited me into the house. There was a, a mattress with things on it. It was pretty awful mm. and we talked, must have talked a bit but then he said to me, uh, I've lost the Elan. Mm.
1: And he wasn't painting at that point?
0: And no, mm. no, not it left, you know, I mean, he might have been, but he'd lost, you know, the thing that he had mm. and uh, he, that he knew, you know. I mean, it goes perhaps at the very end. Yeah, and, uh, and, yeah, so that would have been not Because he was ill long. then yeah. and, and then soon after that he went to hospital. and and uh, But he didn't, you know, he didn't say it in a way that I want to paint or I need it or it's just part of what... What a long life as an artist he had! Well, that's
1: right. Mm. Well, he would have been close to ninety then, wouldn't he? Uh,
0: was it? Yeah. No, he was eighty something. Yeah. I'm not sure. How old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but he was it. seemed older too because he had he you know he, his health wasn't good. And then he forgot to eat it at one stage. He just had banana and milk. and I think he couldn't be bothered going to the shop, and people didn't should have brought him things. But then he wouldn't have accepted it. The the uh, Al, the taxi driver, bought him Christmas lunch once that that his wife had lovingly made and he brought it and set it down. He said, I'm not taking that. And uh, so Al said, listen, Mr Fairweather, you've been a good fare to me and I want you to eat that, (laughs) have that. (laughs) And he walked away and left him with it, so he did.
1: (laughs) Isn't that interesting? He just didn't want to take anything
0: no, no, no. So talk about an independent soul.
1: Yeah, yeah. Amazing.
0: Mm. And, of course, all that is part of the artist that he is, was. is. And, uh, you know, it, puts, it just put me in mind then of uh, Van Gogh and people who were s- odd, strange, and separated from the rest of the of society on a full-time basis, you know. I mean, artists can separate themselves, some some in part, but uh, not many separate themselves utterly.
1: No, that's right. Mm. Were you um, aware of many other people that visited him
0: or did you...? Yes, other people visited him. I know that uh, um, Roy Churcher and Betty, but it was Roy he... Enjoyed talking to um, Rudy. Coman used to go and visit. Oh, people you know, respected him and revered him. You mm. know, people in Melbourne and and Sydney and uh, and and Brisbane. And, uh, so they would all go and you know, visit from time to time. And uh, Rudy used to take took him whiskey, which, being a Scotsman, he liked whiskey. He knew that. And then he and he took him uh, cases of wine, which mm-hmm. Fairweather enjoyed and and appreciated. <laughs>
1: Just lastly, I'll be. In-
0: I don't know if you can answer
1: this actually, but do you think there was any inf- that he had in- any influence on your work?
0: Yes, of course. But I didn't copy it. No. But uh, I think all the people that came into my young life influenced me. You know, all the good people that that you were allowed in, like uh, art school, um, Passmore and Godfrey Miller and Dadswell and people and. Uh, John Mulvig when I had him as a teacher in Brisbane and Fairweather certainly you know when they were and and uh, the, then the uh, American expressionists who were somehow very much in our life lives in my life in those days, and I was always you know looking at what they were doing in magazines and things and then finally, I think a, an exhibition came, but so you'd grasp onto anything yeah. so. You know what influenced you and what stayed there, and what I I remember looking at in depth for a long, long time at the early Sienese painters. Well, I don't see that in my work, but the fact that I was really looking at that must mean something.
1: You were drawn to it, but somehow, it doesn't come yeah.
0: out in you know no. in the look of the work. So everything's part of it, I would say. And certainly, I feel I was very lucky to know Fairweather.
1: Yeah. Well, Anne, thank you so much for sharing your memories about uh, Fairweather because it's just absolutely um, wonderful to hear. Good, I enjoyed it. What interesting memories. It's always great catching up with Anne Thompson. By the way, Anne's solo show Air and Space opens at Mitchell Fine Art Gallery in Brisbane on 25 March and she'll also be giving an artist talk on 28 March. There are some great works going into that show, so it's well worth a look. Thanks for listening and hope you can join me for the next episode of Talking with Painters. Did you go to any of his big shows? I mean, you know, I hear that, yes. you know, one of his shows, they were queuing the night before Yes, or I didn't
0: queue because we had, had no money to spend on a fair weather. But I would advise others and I'd say to B- buy that one and <laughs> you should buy that. And I mean, why didn't I, I don't know, borrow, beg, borrow? I just, I'm really not a collector. But there were some wonderful things that I saw in those exhibitions, yes. Yeah.
1: Was he ever at them? When you were there? Never, No.
0: no. No, I don't think he ever went...